If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome to the Three Down Nation podcast powered by Jiffy Lube. He's Justin Dunk and I'm John Hodge. Today we're discussing the demotion of Trevor Harris. Eddie Steele continuing to bring the real. Boris Beatty's walk-off winner and its impact on the East Division. The stamp streaking and the riders reeling plus oh so much more my man. But first Vernon Adams Jr. suffered a left shoulder injury on Thanksgiving Monday. He's been placed on the six-game injured list, Dunkster. Not sure if we're going to see him again this season. How does that impact the Alouettes? Ooh, in a big way. And that's a critical question, Hodge, as you allude to. Not do we see Vernon Adams Jr. or Big Play VA, as he's affectionately known to Al's fans in the regular season again, because I don't think that's going to happen, but do we see him at all now the six game injured list would lead you to believe that it's not likely going to happen but we all know and believe i mitchell's referred to it recently as the secret sauce that michael riley <laughs> takes but you can get frozen up and you play through things in the playoffs the trick for the owls is going to be can they actually get in there with vernon adams jr on the sideline and matthew schiltz running the show and then my next question would be well if Schiltz happens to go down and you got to plan for these situations Shea Patterson seems to be the next man up who has never dressed in a CFL game let alone even throwing a football in a regular season contest so based on what I've heard Hodge there has been some talk around the league that the Alouettes are at least looking at the options available of guys that might have experience and I will say that at least from one side of it, the Argos are said to be shopping quarterback Nick Arbuckle. They're very comfortable with McLeod wow. Thompson as their starter, and they like Antonio Pipkin, and we've heard Ryan Dinwiddie talk him up. The key there, though, is if you're the Argos, do you really want to give a division rival a quarterback that could potentially help 
that team that said on the flip side, maybe Toronto ain't so hot on Mr. Arbuckle anymore. Well, here's here's the thing. Yeah, for I just know for me personally, if I were a GM at this point, if I was the Argos sitting atop the East Division, I would be looking for anything I could do to stomp on the head of second place Montreal. <laughs> There's a zero percent chance I am trading them an asset that could help them win against me in the postseason. Because right now the but what Argos if you're sandbagging them though. What if you trade them an <laughs> asset that you don't think is actually an asset and you get assets for it? Oh, come on. If 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 Anybody who's watched the CFL in the last three years knows that Nick Arbuckle is a better quarterback than Matthew Schiltz. I'm not saying Matthew Schiltz is bad. It's a small sample size, but the guy, and he did look good in relief of Vernon Adams Jr. in a very small sample size. But for his career, the guy's thrown five touchdowns and nine picks. He's been a career backup for a reason. Now, I'm interested to see how he does because he does run well. I don't know if he runs as well as Vernon Adams Jr., but he runs better than your average CFL quarterback. He can do things uh, moving the pocket, and I think Ahari Jones is a pretty you know, quarterback-friendly coach. I think he could potentially set up Matthew Schiltz for success. But I will say this, Dunkster, I do think they need to do something. If you're one hit away from Shea Patterson being your starter and then two hits away from, I don't know, trading for Nate Bahar to be your emergency quarterback, <laughs> I, you're, you're in trouble if you're going to the playoffs. So they need to add somebody. The question is, who? The guy that would make the most sense, and that is obvious to me, and I'm not biased at all, but would be trying to convince Hugo Richard to come out of retirement because he was in Kari Jones' system, right? He was playing special teams for the Alouettes as well, trying to make him versatile on that roster. So if you wanted to go get a guy, I know... The general manager there, Danny Machocha, coached at the University of Montreal and despises Laval University, <laughs> but Richard knows this system. So that, to me, is a very logical one because if you start going outside of that, there aren't really any guys that have experience and Kevin Glenn is long retired. Some people have made that joke on social media. So you're not going to go out and be able to sign KG and bring him in. So outside of that, it makes you look at the situation that the Owls went into the season with having Vernon Adams Jr. and Matthew Schiltz, but not a number three guy that's been there for a long time, excuse me, that could potentially be to their detriment in this situation. We got to move on, but I'll, I'll say one thing there. Last I checked, Trevor Harris is a third stringer right now, so that that could be an option as well. Oh, intriguing! Just down the road from Trevor Harris, Bolivar Mitchell enjoyed quieting the crowd music and noise at Mosaic Stadium with a second straight win over the Riders. Are the Stamps legit Grey Cup contenders all of a sudden, Hutch? No, <laughs> no, oh. no, they're not. I'm sorry. The Calgary Stampeders are an average football team right now. I think these two losses to Calgary has said a lot more about Saskatchewan than it says about Calgary. Um, I, I still don't think Calgary is great at getting after the passer. Um, I don't think that Calgary's receiving core is good enough. Bo Levi Mitchell has, has played better in, in recent weeks, but he does not look like the Bo Levi Mitchell of old. And if and when the Bolivai Mitchell of old, the two-time MOP winner, uh, reveals himself again, then yes, I will be more than happy to anoint the Calgary Stampeders a Grey Cup contender. But looking at the numbers, he threw for less than 500 yards in those two games combined with three touchdowns, three picks. 
And I'm I'm sorry, I took some heat on it for social media, but I was bothered by the fact that he wasn't willing to put his head down and run for a first down on second and 10. He scrambled, he had five yards. If he makes a move in open space, maybe he gets the first late in that game. Frankly, the defense bailed him out by getting the, the ball back. I don't see Calgary as a great contender yet. That could change, but I don't see it yet. All right, the Bo Levi Mitchell with the swagger is back. We saw that deep shot first play touchdown that just took the air out of the Rough Riders sideline and everybody else in the stadium. And I'm going to go on the flip side here, Haji. I know what you're making the point of in terms of he should put his head down and got the first down, but Bo Levi Mitchell here has gone through two major injuries in the last two seasons he's been on the football field. His throwing shoulder broke a leg, so he ain't taking any chances. And if I'm Dave Dickinson and John Huffnagel, I'm actually happy that he didn't do that because you don't want to risk that and potentially put your season on the line. Jake Mayer has actually obviously played well, but still the swagger is back with Mitchell, and how you can tell that is the way he was talking about going into Mosaic Stadium, embracing the hate, and coming out of it, how much he loves silencing all those watermelon-wearing fans there. So not necessarily on the field is he back to that elite level, but I think he's slowly getting there. Over 71% completion percentage. Yes, he had two picks, but he's got faith in his defense in that situation, man. Like, give the guy some credit. Uh, and, and hey, the, the Stampeders defense has improved as well. Again, I don't see them as an elite unit right now. I think Jamar Wall coming back has helped them out. Canadian Isaac Adiemi Berglund, I think, has given them some nice versatility at defensive end. So, yeah, I, I think they have improved to an extent. But right now, Dunkster, where does the road to the Grey Cup run through? We talked for a decade right about you know maybe this is the year for Saskatchewan maybe this is the year for Winnipeg BC Edmonton what but guess what the west final runs through McMahon and when the west final runs through McMahon the stamps are in the great cup this year the script has been flipped Winnipeg has played Saskatchewan kicked them twice they've played BC embarrassed them at BC place and they beat the stamps if if you're a west division team right now not named the blue bombers i'm sorry you're not a serious Grey Cup contender until you can beat the Bombers. Bo's going to have a chance to do that later this year. And hey, a win in that game, I'll be a believer. But if he goes into IG and gets roasted, no, I'm sorry. I still I still see them as pretenders if that's what takes place. Yeah, hold up, hold up for a second here before we move on because you like to keep it moving, which is fine. Do we not remember... The game that came down to the wire at IG Field with Jake Mayer, I believe at the time, making his first ever road start. So you're telling me Bo Levi Mitchell and his career in that stadium couldn't go in there and steal one away from the Bombers in a one-off situation? Oh boy, I think that would be hotty toddy. I'd want to tune in for sure. It was 18-16, Hodge, in week four. You were there. I was there, but let's also not forget Jake Mayer has played better than Bo Levi Mitchell this season. So I'm not saying Bo couldn't come in to IG Field and win. I'm saying I'm not putting my Bo Dog betting money on it. And I'm also <laughs> saying, yeah, Jake Mayer has been the better quarterback this season. I'm not saying he is a better quarterback, but the stats paint a pretty clear picture. And the eye test, frankly, I think has painted that picture. Though, again, Bo has improved in recent weeks. We got to take a quick break, Dunkster. When we come back, we'll be chatting about 
the Saskatchewan Rough Ruffers. Dunkster, the Rough Riders are reeling, and head coach Craig Dickinson essentially said he doesn't believe the team has improved since its 3-0 start. Can Saskatchewan still compete for the Cup? They can, but to be quite honest, Hodge, the last couple losses and what we've seen from Cody Fajardo has given me pause. And I've said this on Regina Radio on CGME with the great host out there, Jamie Nye, as well, because I believe it's a much different situation now for Fajardo, right? In 2019, he was this breakout star out of nowhere, started the year as the backup quarterback, you know, alongside Isaac Harker, Zach Leros goes down. We know the story and the rise, and it was an unexpected season. The difference in 2021, the expectations. And he's lucky in a sense that the Riders aren't hosting the Grey Cup this year because those would have gone even higher in that prairie sky if it's possible. But essentially the fans were expecting the Riders to be in the Grey Cup or it was a bust. Now, these last couple losses... We saw at the end, especially at McMahon Stadium, Fajardo was clearly frustrated with Ricardo Lewis, calls out his receivers, apologizes, you know, comes back out. It was a solid, if unspectacular, game in the loss to Calgary at home. But it's sort of revealing here that I don't necessarily think Fajardo is used to being on this pedestal of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders quarterback with expectations, right? It's totally different. Only really recently can Darian Durant attest to that, what it's like to have expectations in Ryderville. And I don't necessarily think it's getting to him a little bit, but there is a ton of pressure here. And Fajardo admitted that he's happy just to go back home with his wife, Laura, and I believe it is Nevada, and see his dog and relax and not be around football at all. So that shows to me that that pressure was really ratcheting up, at least in his mind. Yeah, and and Cody Fajardo, by all accounts, is a very likable, affable guy, which was why it took so many people by surprise that he was so hot and heated after that loss in Week 9. We talked about it on the show last week. And you, I think you nailed it, Dunkster. It's all about expectations. The expectations for Cody Fajardo after Zach Kolaros got knocked out of the 2019 season in week one were exceptionally low at that point rider fans would have said okay if this guy can 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 throw more touchdowns than picks and heck get us to 500 just make the playoffs we're happy what does he do leads them to 13 and 5 he wins west division mop right and all of a sudden fajardo mania is everywhere this season that's the expectation the expectation is 13 and 5 west final west division mop fajardo mania and no he's not lived up to it he hasn't been poor he's been better than bolivai mitchell for instance so far this season however he has not lived up to the hype of 2019 uh i think there are multiple factors for that one of them is a very banged up offensive line and obviously missing his number one target in Shaq evans i don't think you can put it all on cody fajardo but i think you nailed it dunkster i think what we're seeing is a good young quarterback who is dealing with sky high expectations not not impossibly high expectations but extremely high expectations and at times i think it's certainly gotten the best of him and he's been through it before when he was at the university of nevada with the wolf pack right he followed colin kaepernick and he's beloved 
there in that state for what he did at the school. But this is different. The pro level and the fishbowl that Saskatchewan is. And I'm not saying that he can't deal with it. I want to make that distinction. It's just new to him to deal with the expectations, Hodge. And you laid them out very well. Agreed. Thanks to Boris Beatty's walk-off field goal. The Ticats are 4-5, third in the East Division during a bye week. What do you see as the issues in the hammer? Well, I'll say this. Jeremiah Mazzoli finally looked like the Jeremiah Mazzoli of old. The East Division MOP in 2018. In that loss to Toronto, no, they didn't get the job done at the end of it. But I I think that is the most important thing I needed to see. Because Jeremiah Mazzoli did not play well to start the season. He did not look good in the loss to Montreal. So that's a, that's a big check mark for me. They also got Chris Van Zyl back to secure the right side of that that offensive line, which to me has been probably the biggest issue there. They've done all kinds of shifting, moving, pulling, whatever uh, along that line. The only two mainstays have been Brandon Revenberg and Darius Sirocco. They, they've mixed and matched every other spot like literally three or four times. So to me, the protection is getting right. The quarterback position is getting right. But all in all, I think this team has shown in coughing up two late games to East Division opponents, a lack of killer instinct at the end of the game. This team needs to do a better job of closing things out and stamping on their opponent's throat when they get the chance. Because unless they're able to put that last nail in the coffin, right, they're going to go, okay, here we go again, right? They got Ottawa upcoming, which is nice, but... They, they, they've got to get better at closing games because they should have beat Montreal. They should have beat Toronto. They should be number one in the division right now. They're sitting third. Four and five could quite easily and literally in three plays, if my math is right here, be flipped to seven and two. Correct. And they would be leading the division. They've lost three games by three points or less, and you reference them. Two against the Argos, one in overtime to Montreal. They blew a 14-point, I believe it was, fourth quarter lead against the Owls. And Masoli, I thought, put it perfectly in terms of how the Ticats are approaching those situations. He says they don't want to play not to lose anymore. That they got to go and get the victory. That he feels like they're playing a little too timid in these late game situations. And it's shown a little bit because the Ticats, by and large, controlled the first three plus quarters of that football game. Right, Essentially until Davaris Daniels came up with a crazy 360 spin and got both feet down in bounds for that touchdown. The Ticats had complete control of that ball game and then it gets flipped at the end. So Masoli admitted that he could have played better. Head coach Arlando Steinauer was adamant that it the loss speaks louder than anything that he could say to his team. They have the bye week to reset. But we talked about the expectations in Saskatchewan being Grey Cup or bust. Well, even more so for the Ticats coming off a 15-3 and season where they owned the East Division, made it to the Grey Cup. Yes, they got upset, but everyone thought, okay, 2021 is set up perfectly for the Cats now when the Grey Cup got moved. Bumped a year. They hosted it at the end of 2021. It just hasn't gone that way during the regular season quite yet, although there's still lots of time left. And even though they're third in the East, man, things can change quick. Yeah, and and I'll say this too. I think Hamilton's secondary is finally starting to get sorted. There were some questions there. I know Carriel Brooks was hurt early on in the season. The defense seems to be getting things together. But yes, the the, uh, 
you know, that that team needs to figure out how to close games. And also, shout out DeVaris Daniels. This guy is supposed to be a top five receiver in this league. He did not look good through the first two months of the season. I'm glad to see him making rock star catches because the CFL is a better place when DeVaris Daniels make a place. Dunkster former CFL defensive lineman Eddie Steele said the Elks are the bottom feeders of the CFL and fingers should be pointed at Brock Sunderland. How hot are the seats in Edmonton? Ooh, they're starting to singe some bums out there, man. That's for darn sure. All of the leadership within the Elks organization, I think, is to blame. Now, what's going to go on, Hodge, you know, you talk to some people behind the scenes, is the finger pointing is going to happen, and each one who has somebody underneath him is going to try to blame <laughs> the other guy, right? Chris Preston's going to blame Brock Sunderland. Brock Sunderland's going to try to blame Jamie Elizondo. Now, they're not going to come out and say it, and they're going to say that they're, you know, singing kumbaya behind the scenes. But of course. when you have Trevor Harris, your franchise quarterback, being demoted here, to me, that is a clear indication that Sunderland has said, all right, Coach Elizondo, if this is what you really want to do, you can do it. And in the back of Sunderland's mind, he's thinking, this is my out, right? I can get rid of the coach. Say it was a one-year mistake as much as we were guys in Ottawa and I trumpeted him coming in here. That that's the out, that hey, this guy wanted to bench Harris. So there's going to be tons of politicking going on over there when I think in reality, and you talk to a number of even current but former players that wore green and gold in Edmonton, and they'll tell you that it needs to be an entire house cleaning, president, GM, head coach, and get this whole regime and way of thinking out of what is supposed to be the city of champions. I agree with you, Dunkster, and I'll say this. There were a lot of calls for Jamie Elizondo to get fired after that terrible loss in Winnipeg, and when you look at the coaching staff, and I talked to some members of the media after that game at IG Field, and they pointed out the same thing. They said, well, okay, yeah, you can fire Jamie Elizondo, but currently he is the head coach, offensive coordinator, quarterback's coach, and after the firing of special teams coordinator, uh, I believe it was Chris Rippon, he's actually taken over a small role on the special team. So if you're firing the head coach, you now need to either bring in someone fresh, which given the coach's cap is next to impossible uh, to do that role, or you need to pass it along to somebody. Well, Winston October is already the receivers coach and the passing game coordinator. I'm not sure it's fair to say, hey, Winston, now you got to be the head coach, OC, and QB coach. Uh, Noel Thorpe is the assistant head coach. Maybe he takes over as the head coach. But then is it fair to say to, to, to Winston October or, or somebody else in that building, hey, now guess what? Now you're an OC and a quarterback's coach. I don't think that's fair. Um, so I, I, I have some questions just from a logistical standpoint of how they could actually go about making a change there. That's why I think changes are going to come in the offseason. And at this rate, Dunkster, some changes have to be made because that team stinks. That team stinks with a capital S, capital T, capital I, capital N, capital K, capital S. And I say that because the Red Blacks stunk and, uh, you know, they, 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 they beat Edmonton twice. That's uh, it's pretty embarrassing. And let's make it clear, man, that stink and stench is not coming from the players because it's a talented roster. The leadership needs to change. And one of those 
key guys who's supposed to be a leader as a player, Trevor Harris, has been sent to the bench in favor of Elizondo's boy, Taylor Cornelius. Could anyone, my man, have seen this happening to begin the season? I, 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 I mean, I obviously certainly didn't. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And I wrote that after, by the way. You make a good point about the talent. I, I wrote that after the game. Uh, for my post-game column, I said Winnipeg is is a lot more than the sum of their parts. I, I do think Winnipeg's a more talented team, but Winnipeg is more than the sum of their parts. Ed, Edmonton is far less than the sum of theirs, which is usually an indictment of, of coaching. Uh, Taylor Cornelius, look, if he'd done what Jake Myers done this season and he'd really made the most of his opportunities to start and he'd protected the football and he'd thrown some sick touchdown passes. Yeah, I can see this change. But Taylor Cornelius hasn't done that. He's thrown two picks for every one interception, uh, for, or for every one touchdown he's thrown this season. He hasn't won a start, and he got to start against Ottawa, which, again, let's just be honest, makes life a little bit easier. It's not exactly <laughs> like you're going into, into Winnipeg or you're going into a hostile environment like mosaic right you're you're getting to play ottawa and uh you know so so no i i didn't see this coming i don't think it's a good move uh but then again trevor harris also probably had the worst start i've ever seen him have in winnipeg i don't know what's going on with him but whatever it is it's not good and uh you know if if we are a next year country for edmonton which which they are really they're not making the playoffs this season then hey, I, I guess going to the going to the young QB who maybe has a bright future is never a, is never a terrible decision. No, but we'll see, my man. I'm a little just skeptical of the whole situation out there. And to be honest, to go away from Harris, who that was really one of the large reasons why they wanted to bring Elizondo in is because of his connection with him. He's your franchise guy. You know, he's making over five hundred thousand dollars even in 2021. And yes, obviously that's prorated because of the shortened season but still I just think it says so much about what we don't know that's actually going on behind the scenes and our boy Arash Madani has stated this multiple times on Twitter that it seems like every time something happens the Elks like to put out a statement that clears up in their mind what they think is going on but in reality it's a cover-up so there is layers of issues here that are going on behind the scenes. And we see these moves that are made here in certain situations or the way that players are talked about publicly by multiple leadership figures in that organization. And it starts to put some of the pieces together as to what is actually going on there for this football team that on paper, just the talent, and yes, there's no such thing as paper champions, but they should be competing for a Grey Cup. So it shows you the people around them have not grabbed a hold or really been able to lead that group or getting the most out of them, which is critical in what you're paid to do if you bring a player in and then the coaching staff as well. Yeah, I'll just throw in one more thing before our break, and that is to say, just for the record, Trevor Harris is under contract for 2022. Now, it's a CFL contract, which means it's worth the paper that it's written on, and you can tear it up at any moment, uh, but a lot of quarterbacks are not under contract for 2022. That could play a factor, I think, in where things go, and I think that speaks volumes about Edmonton benching him, because if you're worried about the relationship, you're worried about 2022, I don't think I, in Edmonton's situation, would necessarily want to antagonize Harris. There's still going to be a market for him, and it's not like it's easy 
to go and pluck a, a, a blue chip quarterback in free agency every single year. Just ask Ottawa. On that note, Dunkster, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, it'll be time for Hodges Heritage. On this day in 1956, we're going way back today, Winnipeg's Bob McNamara scored six touchdowns in a 40-8 victory over the BC Lions, a CFL single-game record. The running back shares this record with Eddie Dynamite James, who reached the end zone six times with St. John's College in, wait for it, 1932. Dunkster, did you think I'd be able to pull a reference from 1932? No, bro, that is outstanding. I would just like there to be six total touchdowns in a bunch of CFL games in 2021, okay? Not just one from one <laughs> dude. It would be great to get six in multiple games because I feel like that's been rare this season. Yes, the, uh, the the offensive production has been down. But you know where the production is never a letdown? Jiffy Lube. You get in, you get out in a jiffy with first-class workmanship on your vehicle, getting it ready to go. It's fall time. Get your car in there. They're going to take care of you, get you in, get you out with fantastic service at Jiffy Loop. 15 minutes in, less than 15 minutes out. That's the guarantee high-end elite service. You know, we talk about franchise quarterbacks not performing to their level and being bench. Well, man, you're never going to want to put Jiffy Lube on the bench. They're always going to be the leader to keep your car going tight and right on the road. It's now time for the three-minute drill powered by Jiffy Lube. Charleston Hughes has been a healthy scratch for two straight games for the Argos. Dunkster, is he done? He, I think he's actually been better than some people feel, but if he's a healthy scratch with Chris Jones, it doesn't bode well for the future. I hate to say it. Riders receiver Jordan Williams-Lambert is at home in the U.S. recovering from a wrist injury. Will he ever be back with Green and White? He didn't do much after coming back from the NFL in 2019. He did not do much this year. I'm guessing he's going to be gone via free agency. The Red Blacks released former Dallas Cowboys receiver Terrence Williams. Quick answer, Dunkster. Why? Apparently, age caught up to him. Wasn't in Ottawa long. Unvaccinated players will be ineligible for air or train travel on November 30th. How could that affect the playoffs and break up? Pretty easy, Dunkster. Get a shot or no cup for you. The Lions signed receiver Devere Posey and defensive end Alex Bazzi. Who's going to have the bigger impact in the den? It's kind of close in a weird way because I think Bazzi still has some juice left, but I'm going with Posey, partially due to Lucky Whitehead being out with a broken hand. And he shared his x-ray on social media. Two broken metacarpals, I learned from the Twitterati. It's on the site. You can see the picture, but at your own risk. Ouch, my man. Can you believe he tried to come back and play with that? I think it's ridiculous that he was put in that situation. And again, if I'm one of those backup receivers, I'm going, really? You you think Lucky Whitehead's better than me with one hand? I've, I've got two. Come on, coach. Put me in. Stamps quarterback Jake Mayer has been placed in COVID protocol. What does it mean for Calgary? Oh, you know what it means. The Canadian quarterback Michael O'Connor should be dressing against the BC Lions. And what is it going to be? Week 11. 
Xandrew Harris deserved to be the highest paid running back in the CFL currently? Hodge, we're not talking about past production. We're just talking about 2021. Yes, he's going to win another rushing title. You heard it here first. He missed the first three games of the season. He's 34. He sits third right now. But he's going to finish atop the rushing standings again for the fourth consecutive season. I don't know the last time somebody won four consecutive rushing titles, but I'm not convinced it's ever been done in the history of this league. Chase Claypool scored his first touchdown of the 2021 NFL season in week five against the Broncos. Should we expect a bunch more to follow? Yeah, I'm feeling it, man. He's just getting on one. Juju Smith-Schuster is likely going to be up for the rest of the season for Pittsburgh, which means the targets are going to be narrowed down to Deontay Johnson, his receiver teammate there, and Claypool. I bet he's getting in the end zone a lot. Canadian tight end Anthony O'Claire scored the first TD of his NFL career after five years in the league. Man, how cool is it to see him do that on Sunday? I thought it was awesome. The Houston Texans might stink, but Anthony O'Claire is a Canadian icon. Love seeing him get his first career touchdown. We thank you as always for listening, folks, to the Freedom Nation podcast. He's Justin Dunk. I'm John Hodge. We'll see you next Wednesday for another episode. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.